Good evening, welcome to the latest episode of La Magicast. I'm your host, Scott Munro. We are doing something different this evening. Uh, with me tonight, I've got James and Imran. How are we both on this Monday evening? Fine, thank you. Fine too, thank you. Uh, just for me, uh, I will say that I, I, I got COVID last week and uh, yeah, that's not fun. But thankfully, I tested negative yesterday and it's out pretty much 90% out of my system. We Hopefully, my voice doesn't pack out but it's all being good uh we are doing something different as i said earlier we are talking roma retro me and imran were talking about this not so long ago uh, to do about a season in the past during the international break you guys were glutton for punishment and i put a couple of polls out there was a three-way tie there was 0102 0304 and 0405 and then over the weekend as i was watching the cricket and there was a little bit of football on uh 0404 0405 won so we have to talk about the wonderful season with five coaches uh champions league turmoil which ended after 45 minutes of football uh, in a group with Real Madrid by Leverkusen and Dynamo Kiev um, and a referee called Andreas Frisk. And we talk about horrific Serie A season. Um, guys, coming up on the beginning of that, 03-04, Roma finished second behind AC Milan. Things were looking good. But then there was a summer of turmoil. You said him ran off pod. There was a... And like, not a flux, but some star names and the head coach leaving in the summer of 2004. Well, just after the season ended, I remember it was the end of May and uh, Fabio Capello, he resigned and uh, was uh, the funny, well, it's easy to say it was funny, but the thing was, you know, just when the news broke out that he had resigned from Roma, his press conference was announced by Juventus. Oh. <laughs> so it was, uh, it, it, it was, um, it was a big shock. Uh, and there had been hints that something could have happened because he was very frustrated uh, the lack of investments. He thought that he could uh, do more with the squad, but it wasn't happening. And everyone knew that Franco Sensi was uh, financially in, in a very difficult situation. And uh, by the end of the season, he had to find around 25 million euros before closing the books, um, or else, uh, you know, it, it would be it would be really difficult. And th- th- we have to also remember that. Uh, uh, in the season before, especially 2002-2003, uh, Roma were struggling to pay wages to the players. And of course, in those situations, it uh, causes a really bad atmosphere and um, uh, between the players. So, uh, so yeah, it, it was uh, it was not the best uh, start uh, for Roma going into the summer, especially having had a really spectacular season where we were leading the Serie A uh, until winter and then we lost to Milan and uh, after that we lost some games here and there and after that it was just Milan all the way then won the Serie A comfortably but we played the best football uh, we had we scored the, we had the best attack and the best defense uh, and it was it was such a shame that it didn't materialize into a trophy or something because we we would have deserved that yeah um so you said about capello leaving uh he joined the dark side of juventus alongside emerson the brazilian midfielder jonathan sabina left on a free transfer um francesco lima left to go to russia to go to locomotive moscow and probably the one that probably hit roma the hardest was walter samuel leaving to go to the galacticos of real madrid um like i think you could see the aftermath of that in the season of 0405 where Roma conceded, was it 50, almost 60 goals? Um, uh, 58 goals 
and Walter without Walter Samuel, who left to go to Real Madrid and join the Galacticos, that was that was a massive loss. Um, Roma brought in was it Philippe Mexes, Matteo Ferrari, uh, Matteo Brighi. Um, I think that's all the what I remember from that time. Perotta. Um, Simone Perotta, yes. Uh, Mido, which me and James were talking about off pod. Uh, he joined on deadline day. Um, yeah, because Roma had been interested in signing Ibrahimovic. Uh, that's and, the one, yes. Uh, and he, he was, uh, they were interested in Ibrahimovic uh, throughout the summer, but they didn't really get through. Uh, and then when Ibrahimovic was having. Uh, some really good games in, at the beginning of the season for Ajax. Then Juvent- Juventus, um, yeah, got in there. Um, Moji um, contacted uh, Mino Raiola and pushed for a deal. And then they signed him on, I think, which I believe was the deadline day as well. It was just a few hours left. And then yeah. we got Mido instead. Yeah, uh, I remember Ipra scoring on his debut for Juventus. Um, yeah. But we have to remember that Mido... Uh, Midu and uh, Ibrahimovic, they were very talented players. Midu yeah. was uh, two years younger. And during when Ibrahimovic was new, uh, Midu actually kept uh, Ibrahimovic on the bench. So he, he was highly rated. He just had disciplinary problems, uh, which was well known. Yeah, he, uh, so me, they both played with each other at Ajax, didn't they? Did, they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and um, Midu... They were teammates, yeah. Mido left in January to go to Tottenham. I remember that because because uh, uh, over here, I think he joined. Uh, oh, who was the Spurs man? I think it was it Jackson Tini. Remember if remember then it become Martin Yol. Um, do you guys remember the Philippe Mexes transfer, which caused all the chaos? Yes, I remember that when he came from Auxerre, that Guy Roux, who was the legendary coach of Auxerre, the legendary coach, said yeah. That there had been some kind of foul play and that um, uh, we had exercised an option that didn't exist or, or didn't exist in the way that Auxerre understood it existed. And um, there was a fairly protracted dispute over that. And I think it eventually went to arbitration. And it was, uh, and I think as a consequence of that, we got a transfer ban. We did, yeah. So January trans winter transfer January. window and the following yeah. summer. Yes, um, yeah. And did we only bring in free transfers? That's right. So um, yes, that was. Uh, and of course, he had a difficult first year. Well, not surprising coming into an atmosphere. <laughs> I mean, uh, of course, everything was also thrown into confusion because Cesare Prandelli was yes. quite excited. I remember at the time that he was going to be c- coming in as a new coach from Fiorentina. And then... Uh, from Parma. Parma, yeah. Parma, Parma. He went to Fiorentina the season after. Sorry, in he did. Yeah, you're right. yeah, 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 yeah. I've got my ears uh, <laughs> the wrong way there. Yeah. So he came and then um, tragically, he, you know, his wife uh, fell ill and uh, he had to... Because um, of that, he had to... Uh, uh, resign. So, and then, very short notice, we managed to hire uh, Rudy Vola, uh, striker from the nineteen uh, uh, end of the eighties, early nineties. He was obviously a great world class striker. Uh, won the World Cup with West Germany in nineteen ninety, but didn't really have an awful lot of background as a coach. He coached Germany national yeah. team. Is that Euro 2004? Sorry to cut you yeah, off Yeah, and the James. World Cup in 2002. Yeah. He got That's them to the uh, yeah. final in that competition, although quite they had a relatively, you know, uh, didn't have the stiffest run of opponents in that particular tournament. That was, but, that was Balak's World Cup, wasn't it? Right, and then yes. Ronaldo's World Cup, Indeed. and Ronaldo beat Germany. I say Ronaldo, it was Brazil that beat Germany in the final. That's right. And, um, and then, he, yes, Euro 2004, which didn't go well at all and was eliminated mm. in the group stage so he uh he came and uh so philip mexes came into this and matteo ferrari into this um quite you know storm-tossed confusing situation and uh no surprise that that um certainly in their case it took a long time to adjust and of course we'd signed christian kivu the summer before that was a, that that was another bit of a transfer saga with ajax who 
uh, we hadn't paid them the money apparently and and this kind of so that that was quite controversial but um so yeah so it was a lot of confusing circumstances to start the season and then if memory serves me correctly that season there was a, a a dispute over the tv rights in italy and the first game that would have been at home to como was postponed so we started the season at bologna and we lost that game 2-1 is that right i think that is right batistuta scored i think was that the season before was that oh, 0-2-0-3? sorry sorry that's so 203 sorry Sorry, yeah. yeah, I'm confused there. But I remember <laughs> Sorry, in that season, um, yeah, so I can't remember how that season actually started, but I do remember very early in that season because we qualified for the Champions League. We had an incident in the Champions League game against yeah. Kiev at the Olympicos yes. when Anders Frist, the Swedish referee, uh, was walking off at half time with a score nil nil and was uh, he'd just sent off Philip Mexes, who kicked an opponent right at the end of the first half. And uh, someone, frustrated fan, threw a lighter from the... Uh, was that coin? Was that coin? I think it was a... I think it was a coin. I thought it was oh, a lighter coin. Lighter, okay. yeah. Yeah. Lighter, yeah, lighter, yeah. Yeah, yeah lighter. And yeah. Uh, hit him just above the eye. Fortunately, it didn't yeah, touch yeah. his eye. And uh, so he had blood. He left the... Went down to the dressing rooms with blood pouring out of his... Uh, uh, just above his eye. And uh, the game was eventually postponed the second half, and uh, we got a, uh, I think, a fine, and we had to play our next two games behind closed doors against Bayer Leverkusen and Real Madrid. Real Madrid, yeah. And that started a, a real nightmare Champions League group stage where we only took one point from a home draw against Bayer Leverkusen. Bayer Leverkusen. Leverkusen. We lost all the yeah. other games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? Roma were 2-0 up in Madrid. As well. I rem- yes, I remember. Yes, and then we threw it away and lost four two. I think in the end. I think if my Casano, Casano, and Daniele De Rossi That's scored. Right. Yes, and uh, so um, so things. Yeah, and then uh, I think it was actually at Bologna when we lost. That then immediately after that, I think that was a Saturday game. I remember that Vola resigned after that game. Yes, yes, because. Uh, yeah, that's true because he had only picked up one point in three in his last three games. So he lost to we lost four three to Messina. Yes, we played two two against Lecce and then we lost three one to uh, Bologna and then he resigned. And and, and <laughs> I think uh, we also have to remember. Uh, I think one key person who contributed to a lot of difficulties that season from from the beginning in the summer with Prandelli, with Rudy Fellow, with every single coach, Antonio Cassano. I was going to make a point at that because the next game afterwards is Roma 3 into 3 and that's the Tossi free kick and the Daniele De Rossi goal right near the end. And um, <clears throat> Roma got Luigi Dalneri in and Gigi Dalneri was brought in after he was appointed the new Porto manager after Jose Mourinho left Porto to go to Chelsea, but he, uh, I think he got fired because he spent most of his time in Italy and Roma brought him in and Cassano was brought off and you can gather what happened. There was a touchline fiasco and a bit of a shouting match and uh, yeah, it didn't end well, but the game in question ended 3-3. I just wanted to talk about the opening game of the season because Roma beat Fiorentina and if oh, yeah. there is one player from the both sides that is still playing football, can you name him? And he plays in Serie A. And he played Thursday night for a couple of minutes. Um, oh, Giorgio Chiellini. Yes, because he went to Fiorentina on that co-ownership deal yes, for two years. Yes, there's a controversy about that and about whether yeah. he was co-owned originally by Livorno and Roma, I think. Yes, that was correct. Because yeah. didn't Roma buy him out from Livorno and then co-owned him and then he went to Juventus? No, I think what happened was, I, as I read it, and um, this is a rumour, I think, but in 2004, um, when it came to sorting out the co-ownerships, Capello said to Baldini, who was the director of sport at the time, um, 
we don't need this player, so you can uh, basically uh, sell our half share to Livorno. Mm. And then when he went to Juventus, then Juventus bought Chiellini from Livorno. Yes, and then he was loaned to Fiorentina. Fiorentina, yeah. Right. Him and um, he was exclusively owned by Juventus. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, I remember. Yeah, it was all crazy. Him and Fabrizio Micheli. Yes, so it, went there. yes, that's right, that's right. So it looked a little bit um, as though there'd been a bit of kind of foul play there, or possibly because uh, Capello maybe had realised that Chiellini could, you know, he would looking ahead, he would like him back at Juventus, uh, you know. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Exactly, that could have been uh, the reason why we took the strange decision to sell our half share to Livorno. Um, do you guys also remember a pre-season game against Stoke where, sadly, Damiano Tomasi ruptured his, uh, his ACL from a tackle from Jerry Taggart and missed this whole season and missed part of the next season, but then did the honourable thing and played on a youth contract in the latter part of 05-06? Well, um, sorry, yeah. just to go back to my previous point, sorry. But, well, yeah, sorry, uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. About shared ownership, people might not be familiar with that now, but they used to have a system in Italy up to a few years ago where two clubs could co-own the same player. Yeah, 50% uh, exactly, rights. Yeah, and then it was always settled in June, and if they couldn't agree one club to buy out the other's half share, they'd put an, um, an amount in an envelope that they'd be prepared to pay the other club and then they'd open them on uh, around about the third week in June and whoever bid the highest paid the other club that sh- that amount of money and took the player and owned the player exclusively. So uh, that's why, so if people are unfamiliar with that, that's why I refer to a half share of a player. Yes. Um, so... Uh, Sorry, what's your point again? <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah, I re- you're talking about co-ownership deals. It's, it's bringing back the nostalgia back yeah. up to about pff, 10 years ago, yeah. maybe no, no, 12 years ago, uh, yeah. Uh, I think it's maybe about five years, six years, maybe. Okay, yeah, maybe. the co-ownership. Didn't they call it the blind auction? Yes, that's right, yes, because, yeah, you put a figure on a bit of paper, popped it in an envelope, and, and uh, it was opened. Sorry, what's your point there about... Uh, And I also remember another friendly against a British club played in July um, against Rangers in Austria at our summer Retiro that we lost 4-1. And then we played Stoke City afterwards. And yes, Tomasi sustained uh, a brutal injury that um, ruled him out for the season. Yeah, they also played uh, Chelsea, Celtic, <laughs> Liverpool, uh, FC Tokyo. Um, Weren't some of those games in the USA? Yes, and Canada. Yeah, we, so we had so, a zero in Austria where we played Rangers and Stoke City, and then we we played the other games like, for example, Liverpool in the uh, Celtic in the USA, yeah. and also played Iran. Yeah, oh, that was that in was the uh, <laughs> presentation game at the Olympico. Yeah, yeah. Totti, Totti scored three, Casano scored one, and Mexa scored one. And then, yeah, sorry, we've gone backwards. We talked about earlier in the season <laughs> and then talked about pre-season. Um, so, yeah, um, uh, sorry, you, Imran, I didn't mean to cut you off there about uh, Casano, but I watched a bit of the highlights earlier. And yeah, you could see that he had a disagreement after one of the games against Inter. He was taken off it, taken off because Dalneri was playing what a four four two with Cassano wide left and Totti Montella up top. And yes. didn't he, didn't Dalneri also fell out with Marco Dalvecchio? Yeah, he left in uh, in the in winter. Well, it, it was not more a fall out. It was because he was not getting so much play time. Game there time, was no yeah. space for him. So uh, that was more, uh, that was more because of that reason. So yeah, he went to Brescia in the winter mercato. Yeah, so we were talking about the Roma Inter game. That was in early October. That finished three three, and then after that, Livorno two two. Uh, Livorno two two. Livor- uh, went to Livorno and won two nil. Uh, drew with Palermo one uh, one all, and then uh, went to Juventus at the old Deli Alpi. That awful, awful ground where I think there was probably about 20,000 there, 
probably looked like it was about 5,000 there on the TV. Just it was not the best grounds of Italian football back in the day, was it, guys? It was just a, a, a complete mess, not like it was then. And Juventus won 2 0. Um, with I think Emerson got sent off. Emerson got sent off, and then yeah, uh, and, yeah, we got. I think he picked up a second booking. Yeah, the end of the right, game. Right. It's 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 uh, Del Piero scored, and I remember watching the highlights of that earlier. And sorry, I am looking at the Salayeta. Salayeta. Oh yes, oh. the. He he was he <laughs> he was a fun player, Salayeta, Uruguayan guy. Yeah. He used to score really important goals for Juventus in the Champions League. They knocked out Juventus. No, they knocked Real out Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah. And he he always used to have uh, you know he scored in the extra time once I remember, and he scored uh, another time. So he scored some really important goals mm. for uh, for Juventus, but didn't play much. Was a backup uh, striker mostly, and. Um, yeah, but was there? He was owned by Juventus for I think more than ten, no, around ten years. He was, uh, he, he was on loan to Perugia uh, earlier in the decade, and then he was sold to Napoli when they were in Serie B. Uh, he was, a, yeah, as you said, he was a good sec- uh, backup striker. They had him. Memory serves me right. They had Mikeli Devayo in the two seasons before that. Then they had they got they had Trezeguet, Del Piero. Um, then they got Ibra. Yes, they had Ibra which, yeah. Oh my god, that was a good front line. Uh, but yeah, sorry. Oh, I digress. Um, after the after the Juventus game was the five-one win over Cagliari, where a Euro two thousand four winner opened the scoring in Trianos Delas, uh, the Greek, yeah. Greek oh, yeah. defender that. Totti, Perotta, and Montella double. Montella had a really, really good season with Roma that season. Uh, he missed out. Yeah, on, he missed out on the top goal scoring. Uh, he got twenty one in Serie A and twenty three overall. Yeah, and this game was also uh, the turning point for Cassano because he fell out with uh, Del Neri after this game, and uh, it was after this game that. Ranier, I mean, uh, no, sorry, Ranier. Del Neri refused to play him. So basically, he kept him out of the squad and said that we don't need Cassano right now because we have two players who are, who are playing up front, Totti and Montella, and doing, they're doing well. There's no space for him. But it was obvious that they had a uh, falling out, mm. uh, which, was, which was really nasty. Uh, and, you know, Cassano, uh, even Totti, he said his, uh, said in his uh, book that when Cassano lost it, he could say some really, really nasty things. Uh, and he, he 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 could disrespect you in a way or manner that uh, you, you would think uh, was impossible. Uh, and uh, and he, he was basically lashing out at Del Neri for his past, you know, the teams he had coached. Telling him that this is Roma, you're not coaching, <laughs> the, uh-huh. yeah, the amateurs at Kievo, etc., <laughs> etc. You know, <laughs> and uh, uh, so, so yeah. But uh, we had uh, we had a strong game against Milan at uh, San Siro uh, the week after. Yeah, great goal by Montella, by the way. Nice one-two yes. off the crossbar. Yes, yes, it was a one-all draw. Do you, and also after that was back-to-back defeats against Udinese and Regina. Uh, Udinese won three at home, including an absolute yes, wonder goal really by yeah. by Vincenzo Iaquinta. Yeah. I think yes. the second goal he scored was an absolute wonderful goal into the top corner. Do you both know who was coaching Udinese that day? Yeah, Spalletti. Spalletti was doing yeah. really well for yeah. Udinese that season. Yeah. He qualified. Oh, he finished top four with Udinese. <coughs> yeah, that's right. And also, the next game was against Regina away from home. Do you two know who was coaching Regina at that time? I think it was... Was it Walter Mazzari? 
It was indeed. Yeah, it was yeah. Mad Max. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, don't you? I'll look, I was looking at coaches. I was Coach having a wonderful time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was having a wonderful time looking at all the coaches and that. Um, it's a shame we missed the Lecce game earlier because that was Zanik Zayman's Lecce in oh four oh five, and there was a couple of ex Roma players who haunted in both games in Marco Vucinic and uh, Marco Cassetti as well. Cassetti oh. scored in the two two game at the Olimpico, which. Totti did yeah. the 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 spoon, the kukayo, and the keeper stayed in the middle ah. and didn't move. And Zema was their coach, if I'm not mistaken. He was, yeah. There's like, the coaches I was going through. At the end of that season, were they, Lecce? Uh, let's have a look. No, they stayed up. They were comfortable. They were 11th. Yeah, yeah. They played really good football. Yeah. They, okay. So they stayed up. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. That. So I, I, I tell you the guys that got relegated now. It was uh, Bologna. Carlo Mazzoni was the manager that season, and, yeah. they, and they took four points off Roma that season. Uh, Brescia and Atalanta, but yeah, Atalanta we know because yeah. Parma and Bologna. Or we are skipping ahead, but I will come into this on the on the league table. Parma and Bologna finished on level one points, so they had to That's go to a right. head to head. Yes, they had a pla- Those were the days when they still had a playoff in Serie A. Yeah, it, so they didn't use goal difference. To- no, uh, Bologna won the first leg 1-0. Can you imagine games being played in the middle of June? Oh, no, it's bizarre. <laughs> uh, Parma won, uh, pa- uh, Bologna won 1-0 in Parma. Uh, the Lazio director of football, Igliotari, scored, but uh, Parma won the return leg 2-0 and won 2-1 and, and stayed up. Alberto Geladino scoring the winner. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy that there was games still going on in June because of also the Coppa Italia, which Roma lost into the, lost in the final. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, it's just crazy. But also after that, um, after the Regina defeat, Roma went to Siena and fourth second half goal sorry, and won 4-0. Um, Montero and Totti scoring twice. Then there was a, a one-all draw against Sampdoria, and then a ninety—I think it was a ninety-third or ninety-fourth minute penalty from Amantino Mancini against Brescia, one-one-nil. Uh, and I'm coming up to a famous game in December two thousand four, which was Parma five, a uh, Parma five, Roma five, Parma one. It's where Totti scored his one oh seventh from one oh eighth goal for Roma. And then, yes, uh, yes, I remember that. Yeah, and um, the next game after the uh, the uh, the break was the first Rome derby of the season, where Lazio won three one, including the goal from Paolo Di Canio, and he celebrated in, in front of the curve of Sud. Um And Lazio won the game three one. Antonio Cassano scored the goal for Roma a lovely header from a Christian Panucci cross but yeah, yeah I remember that it, wild celebration wild so. celebrations <laughs> and then Lazio went up the other end uh, with the left back Cesar and then I think it was Tommaso Rocchi scored oh right yeah, yeah of course he yeah. played for Lazio for several seasons yeah uh, I'm trying but uh, you know up until this point it's also important to remember that because uh, the season before we had Kivu and Samuel were playing regularly, they were rock solid. Roma had a really mm. good defense, mm. and now uh, from you know uh, Kivu only played ten ten games. He got so, yeah. injured, did he? he? Had a really nasty yeah. toe injury or he foot a, injury. He had a nasty toe injury, which, by the way, was caused. I think at his home, uh, it was an accident he had at his home, so it was not any. It was not anything in any game or what's as, as I can remember because that was one of the reasons a lot of Roma fans were frustrated when he, in 2007, wanted uh, a really big salary for renewing his contract, but instead Roma sold him to Inter. Uh, so, yeah, so he was out and Roma really struggling with uh, Maxis was struggling, Matteo Ferrari was struggling, and Delas, who, by the way, had won the European Championship in the summer with Greece, uh, was also struggling. But I think all of them were struggling because mm. Roma didn't really have a proper uh, setup defensive. But it was, mind you, it was tr- uh, starting to look good because despite the derby loss, uh, uh, Roma... Up until uh, 
beginning of February, Roma had only lost one game in the previous 11 games. So mm. they had won six games. Uh, they had four ties and uh, only one game uh, lost. Uh, so things were looking good. And there was at one point during this uh, very good run that Roma were even fourth place. So, so you were thinking that uh, you started thinking that things were falling uh, in places and Roma would finish top four, but then it didn't go like that. Yeah, the shit hit the fan to, to say to say it. Yeah, they, 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 after the after the uh, the Rome derby, they got a two one win over Atalanta, where Montella scored twice. Uh, he also scored twice away at Chievo, so he scored four in two games. He added a fifth in three with a two one away win at Fiorentina. A wonderful comeback against Messina, where again. Roma were struggling. They were 2-0 down. Uh, then Totti, Cassano and Mancini made it 3-2. Then the Lecce draw and then a Bologna draw. So the Mirko Vucinic scored against for Lecce and then against uh, Bologna uh, Vincenzo Montella scored. And then it was the horrific run, wasn't it, guys, where it was just, what, one win? up until the second to last game of the season. So what was that? So one, two, three, four, five, six. Eleven seven. games. Yeah, yeah, eleven games. Yes, so, yeah. this is, yes. So and Del Neri been sacked by that? Because I remember after a 3-0 defeat at Cagliari, he was released. He resigned. He resigned. Yes. He resigned. Right. Yeah, so yeah, he was he was a sack. And uh, uh, sorry, we forgot to say, in, in uh, around November... Uh, 2004, uh, Franco Baldini had handed in his oh. uh, resignation, oh. but it was it was rejected by Franco Sensi. He said that uh, he rejected his resignation. and said that you have to finish, uh, you know, you have to stay here at, at least until the end of the season. So there was a lot of turmoil around yeah, the club. Uh, people getting tired because Franco Baldini, Franco Baldini was. Franco Baldini had joined Franco Sensi in the anti-North uh, rhetorics that were, you know, being mm. was very critical. Um, yeah. yeah, at that time they were. It was like they had this war against the uh, clubs from North. But then Franco Baldini felt that uh, Sensi had changed a bit because, oh, of course, because he was financially in a difficult situation because he would, he started dealing with the clubs from North uh, in, in, in transfers because he sold Emerson to them and yeah, yeah brought Brighi as part of the transfer. So he was, uh, there were some growing disagreements between them and he wanted to resign, but um, yeah, that wasn't accepted. Of course, that added an extra uh, negative uh, pressure factor into everything sorry i was just looking at that yeah so james well you were right so um Downeri's last game was against Cari in the 3-0 defeat just the week beforehand he lost 2-1 to juventus in that weird game where um i think juventus had was it two goal two of the goals which were very dodgy nudge nudge oh, yeah. wink wink i think the second one was particularly offside um, and no, the so penalty, penalty was yeah, outside the box marks, yes, by Del Piero. Yeah, yeah, was uh, fouled. It was outside the box. Yeah, and um, just this before, was, cal- this yeah, was, this was going into Calciopoli, wasn't it? So oh three oh four and oh four oh five was literally running into Calciopoli, and then we all know what happened in the summer of oh six. Um, Bruno Conti then came in for the final because he'd been yeah, running he didn't want to Vera, come in. hadn't he? Yeah, and he, well, he 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 was he was working like uh, because I think Alberto De Rossi was the Primavera coach even oh, back then. He was like head in two thousand five. Uh, was the head of youth was, development or? Yeah, he he was he had a role in in the club where he was basically as a scout. He was he he was keeping an eye on all the young players in the region of Rome, and he was uh, yeah signing yeah. the best ones, recruiting them to. And he brought a lot of youth players from Lazio to yes, to Roma sure. back then. Uh, and uh, and he so he I remember that um you know people saying at the time, well you know he 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 had no real well no coaching background certainly in you know senior 
football. And um, he, but he did manage after a difficult start to um, to uh, you know clock up some uh, results. I mean, he he most memorably for me, apart from the sort of uh, uh, seminal game in Bergamo that assured us our. our safety that we'll come on to in may he actually won the game i mean what was remarkable in that 11 game uh street that you talk about there was that what what had happened i mean we'd lost two nil to milan at home and i remember mm. and i remember that game was such a pivotal game because it was as if you could see watching that game the confidence just drained it was as if a tap had been turned on and you could see the confidence just drained out of the players and they couldn't win a game they lost at Sampdoria I think the following week when Montella missed a penalty kick lost 2-1 and every every and then we managed to beat Udinese away I think we drew 1-1 at home we did draw 1-1 at home in the Coppa Italia semi-final in the first leg and then we went to the um, we went to the uh, Fruilli in Udine and we uh, took the lead I think and then they equalised and of course they coached by Luciano Spalletti at the time and then Amantino Mancini, I think, scored the... Or, yeah, he went round the goal. He scored the first. He scored the first goal, sorry, and Totti scored the second. Right, yes. But he the second was from a penalty kick, I think. Yes, And he had won the penalty kick. He went round the goalkeeper and was brought down. And Totti scored... So that gave us a 3-2 lead on aggregate with two away goals. And I can remember Bruno Conte's reaction on the side. And it meant we qualified for the Coppa Italia final. And it meant that we would play European football next season because in those days still, up until relatively recently, if you finish runners-up in the cup final and the, the, you know, the, the other team had qualified for the Champions League, who'd won the cup, you yes. then qualified for the, as it was the UEFA Cup, precursor to the Europa League in those days. So, so And it was that winner, Udine, that transformed everything because the confidence just came back. We actually won a game and... and <laughs> And I think I can't. I think, if memory serves me right, then the next game might have been in Bergamo, and we won that game one nil with a goal by Antonio Cassano, and uh, and um, and that ensured our safety. For um, but of course there 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 were been games in between, particularly the second derby, which which <laughs> it was a notorious uh, affair. And uh, before that, it was. Uh... I thought he was uh, suspended for five games yes. for punching Colonese. Uh, Colonese, he was sent off against Siena. Siena, yes, the 2 0 defeat in the. Uh... Yeah, because we'd lost so to Regina, that... hadn't we, in the Olimpico when Kiva yes. scored a magnificent goal from distance. And then we yeah. two goals in the second half. And then we lost 2 0 to Siena. I think. Uh, was it Macarone? Was his name Macarone? Bonazzoli, I think. Ma- da- 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 da. Uh, sorry, I'm looking at the goals. Uh, Chiesa, yes, macaroni and Chiesa. Uh, so, yeah. so that was uh, Enrico Chiesa, wow. Federico's okay. dad. Uh, okay. Yeah, they scored <laughs> and we they beat us 2 0 at the Olympico. And uh, this was when you know, uh, confidence was already you know drained away and we were on the floor morale wise, I think. Mm. Yeah, do you, uh, do you remember the Brescia game just two weeks later where Roma, uh, had it in their hands and they were two one up with a couple of minutes to go and then drew two two and then Perotta, uh, Simone Perotta and Daniele De Rossi, the which was the future of Rome has been filled for the next few years, scored and then Roma conceded right near the end and you see the confidence just drain from the players. Yeah. Yeah. And and also remember that uh, when Totti was sent off and suspended for five games, it meant he could only return for the final match day. Against Kievo. Uh, against Kievo. So, and he also wrote about it in his book that he felt that he betrayed his teammates because they needed him in a really critical stage at the season. And um, yeah, he felt really bad about that. But I think because of Totti's absence, uh, Cassano had to step up. And you, you saw 
you saw a maturity in Kasana, Kasana, which you hadn't seen before. He, he felt as if uh, Totti's absence meant that he had to uh, he had to take more responsibility, and he he did that uh, because uh, he he scored he scored against Parma, although we lost. But then, yeah, ultimately he scored. The f- winning goal against Atalanta, which meant we said, but the derby, the derby. Yeah, should we talk about the derby, guys? Because, as I said earlier, it's one, if not the worst, get one of the worst games of football I've ever watched in my life. It's uh, it's the for me, it's the worst derby I've ever seen. Yeah, hands and, down. Uh, and uh, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure, although I cannot prove it. I'm pretty sure it was fixed. Yes, yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I so agree. Upset after that game, just to have actually that we'd taken part in such a shameful, like, game, you know. Joe, I managed to find the highlights of that game probably about a month or two, and I managed to watch it, and it's. I wouldn't even go about watching that. Mancini had a shot after about thirty seconds. Uh, which uh, Angelo Peruzzi saved uh, and went out for a corner. And I think that was the only part of the game and that what happened. There was a corner at the end of the game which went out of play from, it may have been Cassano or De Rossi, and that was about it. If people are wondering, of course, why it was turned out that way, and we're suggesting it was a range result, it was because Lazio were also at risk of relegation at that point. Mm. Yes, yes. So they were, we were both in dire straits you know in the table and um uh yeah yeah and um i mean that that must have been in the may time because i remember it yeah it was yeah yeah. and then we got that winner udine after the home draw in the semi-final first day we won the game in in udine and it was as if uh a valve had been opened and confidence came back and we we went to bergamo and we, uh, you know, it was nil-nil at half time. Very tense because we're talking penultimate game of the season with um, just one home game left after that. And this is critical. And Atalanta, uh, uh, I think, were relegated as a result of our win in that game when Cassano scored in the second half. And we held on probably relatively comfortably uh, after that, as far as I'm aware. I don't think there were many scares. and uh, And then that, I think, that actually... Port Atalanta that relegated Atalanta themselves mm. that defeat and then we played the last game of the season which was a a real I mean we were just I was just remember being so relieved that we'd we'd guaranteed our Serie A status and um we um we played out a fairly uh as I remember nondescript nil-nil draw at home to Kievo Verona yep that's correct. That that is that's incorrect. And then a couple of weeks later in June was the Coppa Italia final against oh, Inter. It was yes, and we lost the first, the first leg was played at the Olimpico, and I remember yeah. watching that game, and we lost. Yeah, Adriano scoring from about four hundred yards yeah, out right. for one of the goals, Literally. and then he got he got both, and then. Um, Sinisa Mihailovic um, scoring in the second leg. Remember now, then, then guys, that the the Copper Italia was two legs. Yeah, that was. Yeah. The, it, then, yeah, I think in it was in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. It became a the final just a one. Yeah, yes. oh eight. Yes, it came. A, I do miss the two legs uh, final. Uh, yeah, it had a little bit on it, but I prefer I'm yeah. Unica. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was such a strange end to the season, wasn't it? Um this was my first season supporting Roma. Um I had wow. yeah, <laughs> I came I came into the the firing line. Yeah, I cuz I remember watching the season previously because James, I don't know if you remember, sorry, but Italian football was on Eurosport. It was, yeah. Uh, yeah, because yeah, exactly. it, it was on Channel 4 and it was on Eurosport. Then it went to Bravo, then BT Sport, ESPN, such and such. But you had some really good games and really good teams. Like, we would talk about, like, Palermo. Like, that Palermo team with Luca Toni leading the line in 04 and 05 was just outstanding. Then he got his move to Fiorentina and did brilliantly. It's just like, Juventus was a force. 
we won't go on what happened afterwards. But yeah, it was just it was really, really and of a, a competitive. Were reaching Champions League finals. Champions League finals. Yeah, they played the famous final against Liverpool in Istanbul. Uh, yeah, at the end of that season. So I've got the yeah. I've got the league table up in front of me. So Roma finished on eighth. Yeah, that, um, was, that was that's the other thing. Sorry, I just wanted to say what was remarkable <laughs> when it felt like like you'd gone through this great trauma of being at risk of relegation. And I can remember even at one stage discussing with people, Serie B games are generally played on Saturdays. So we'd have to play yeah, on Saturdays. That's great, yeah. And, and we were, you know, it was this. These were the conversations we were having. And and um, and and some people were saying, I remember someone said to me, oh, that might suit me better, actually. <laughs> and I said, well, it won't suit me better, <laughs> being in Serie B. And, um, and uh, yeah, and... Um, then, when you looked at the league table at the end of the season, oh, we finished eighth, and I thought, "What?" The, you know, someone would say, "Well, what was all the stress about?" Well, the, the, what we looking at through, all that stress, and we finished eighth. It seems so, um, so bizarre. So yeah, so Roma, Roma finished eighth from forty-five points for thirty-eight games. Livorno finished ninth from the same points, but from and Messina were, were just above Roma. Messina, who took four. Uh, took three points off Roma after winning the first game between the two in the second game in season 4-3. So from 7th to 18th, which was Messina in 7th on 48 points, to Parma, 42 points. There's five points separating Parma, Bologna, Fiorentina, Chievo, Siena, Lazio, Cagliari, Lecce, Regina, Livorno, Roma and Messina. Brescia finished second bottom on 41 points and Atalanta finished bottom on 35. So you've got six points separating from 18th to 7th. That's how tight it was and how much needed that win in Bergamo from the second to last day of the season, just how crucial that win was because that was just absolute bonkers. So like you got Juventus won the league with 86 points. Milan finished second on 79. Inter finished set, uh, third on 72. Udinese fourth on 62. Sampdoria 61 and finished fifth. Palermo 53 and finished sixth. So that's, yeah, and then Rome finished eighth. And as James said, they qualified for the first round of the UEFA Cup. And that was the first year Serie A actually played. Uh, there were twenty clubs in the division. Yeah. The season, yeah. And Lazio uh, got qualified for the Intertoto third round. Oh right, I didn't. Oh, I didn't remember that. So yeah, so you had um, Juventus and Milan qualify for the Champions League. Inter and Udinese qualify for the third qualifying round. And then Sampdoria, Palermo, and Roma qualifying for the UEFA Cup. Yes. Yes. Huh. It's weird. Oh, yeah, oh four, oh five. What a crazy, crazy season! And I think season. also off the field during that season, I think that's when Rosella Sensi t- basically took over as basically managing director of the club from Franco Sensi, who had been running it as mm. like executive president, more or less. And I think mm. she took over then, more at some point during that season, to uh, to um, uh, um basically be in charge of the club and uh and then um and then of course we you know at the end of that season we had this transfer ban so we were very very limited in what we could do we took Sammy Kufu I think the Ghanaian central defender yeah from Bayern free transfer. Shabani Nonda Shabani Nonda Rodrigo and Tadai, Tadai. And Tadai yeah, Tadai yeah. yeah so it was a very limited uh uh you know uh Additions to the squad, and um, but then I think the transfer uh, ban ended at the end of that summer transfer market. But nevertheless, it was a real difficult. And of course, we were, in a way, you know, going a bit further ahead. We were rescued in a way by Calciopoli because it catapulted us into the Champions League at the end of the following season when we'd finished sixth, fifth, or sixth. So we'd missed, just missed uh, a Champions League place. And we were catapulted into it because, of course, a lot of the clubs got uh, relegated or, you know, stripped of points and so on. So it was like um, 
and that became, if you like, our bread and butter. I mean, we basically survived on the Champions League revenue for the next few seasons, you know. And uh, but it was, um, yeah, it just reminds you how um, uh, precarious the club's existence was at that time. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just looking at the 2005-2006 season. Yeah, James, you're completely right. I was just looking at, like, Doni was brought in, Sami Kafour was brought in, Rodrigo Tadai was brought in, Shabani Nonda. Yeah. yeah, and then Antonio Cassano left for his for his jollies and his travels in Madrid, where he was made a laughing stock on Italian TV, that if we all remember. the market of the following. Yeah, that's right. And he went on yeah. a, was it a very, very low-cut fee well, yeah, wasn't it just over five million, five million euros. euros yeah his contract was expiring in 2006 right. and i remember that that was one of the discussions throughout the 2004 2005 yes. season because everyone knew that his contract was going to expire and he was on multiple occasions throughout the season offered a renewal which he um, rejected he declined uh, because he wanted more salary and there were also rumors that Totti wanted to leave because Totti, Totti was openly saying that he would consider leaving if uh, the club didn't invest heavily. Uh, yeah, didn't like want to play if, for uh, uh, una rometta, a small row. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, th- that was that was uh, that was a term that was widely used around. Uh, 2003, 4, 5, uh, and even in discussion forums uh, uh, around that time, uh, because that was also one of the reasons uh, Capello left, and people said he didn't want to coach a Rometta because there yeah. were a lot of a lot of young players coming through because Roma had a really promising uh, Primavera side. Primavera side, and uh, uh, <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Talking about that Primavera side, what was it, Alberto Aquilani? Because um, he played a lot of games that season. Was it Valerie Ver- Valerio Verga? Virga. Valerio Verde. Uh, Verde played. No, no. Virga. Virga. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So you had Gaetano D'Agostino. God, that's just names from the past. Absolute <laughs> names from the past. Um, Daniele Corlivia. The striker. Oh, he he was such a. I had so I had so <coughs> yes, high expectations yes. of him because he was such a promising striker. But uh, unfortunately, he just didn't make it to the top. But <laughs> he was really promising. Yeah, yeah it was Al- Al- Alejandro Rossi. If you will. Alejandro Rossi, he came. Yeah, he did. He was play. young. He he was in the squad. Him and Alessio Cecchi were in the squad. And you know, Alessio Cecchi was really, really promising mm. that summer. But he also sustained a, a serious uh, injury in the summer of 2004, which kept him out of action because they were they were calling him the Italian Thierry Henry. That's right. Back yes, then. Yeah. Oh my god! And then the goalkeeper Gianluca Curci because yes. they had Zotti, Palazzoli. I didn't both get injured at one point. That meant Kurt, Gianluca Kurt was a in. bit of a revelation that season, and people thought, yeah, and then he, uh, yeah, people thought he was going to be the next big thing, but he never, it never materialised because the following season he, he, he was the goalkeeper for most of the, the following season, but he, he never hit the heights, and he, in fact, he lost his place um, the following season to Doni and Doni, Doni, yeah, Doni came yeah, in, yeah, and, and Doni against all expectations, you know, I think he came as a backup essentially became the starting goalkeeper and, and carried on for the next few seasons in that position. Then they have that, is it Giuseppe Skirto playing at right back or centre back yeah, at the time? A lot of these players you're talking about, I think they played very briefly or intermittently. Briefly, but yeah. Alejandro Rosi was the one who played more. He played on a more consistent basis the following season. Yeah. And uh, he also played... Um, <laughs> Yeah, he played several seasons actually. I think Alejandro Rossi, but he never really hit the high. Yeah, well, he was sent. He, yeah, he was sent on loan. After he played a lot in the two thousand and six, two thousand seven season yeah, on the yeah, Spalletti because he had the assist uh, in the game against Olympiacos when we won away uh, in Athens, which meant we um, because we we in the home game we played. Uh, one one, which was uh, I think the reverse fixtures was first, but that meant that we had you know 
better chances for qualifying. And the and the season after, he was loaned out to Kievo, where he didn't do so well. And then he had a good season with Livorno. And then uh, the season where we almost won the Scudetto, he went to Siena, where he was actually very close to scoring against Inter in the last yes. game. <laughs> that would have given us if the that, title. I yes, think what happened that. was a cross came in and it took a deflection yeah. and Julio Cesar, the great Brazilian goalkeeper of Inter, was transfixed and it just, the trajectory of the ball took it just the wrong side of the post. It more or less brushed the outside of the post. If that had been like a few centimetres the other side and gone in, we would have been champions that season because we won comfortably <laughs> yeah. at Kievo on that afternoon. Oh, is that in the, the 2010? 9-10, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the following season, didn't he return to Roma? Because when Vincenzo Montella coached Roma in that season 2010-2011... Yeah, he was... Um, he, he I remember him scoring some... Like, he scored an important goal at Bari when we played a terrible game at Bari and we won. True. And he True. scored a goal. Ah, yes, then. Yes, so he yes. is actually... He was the one who had the most... Like he had more longevity in his Roma career than a lot of those other names you mentioned earlier, who were sort of more briefer career. You know, should we say that both De Rossi and probably Aquilani were probably the the shining lights from the young players in that season in o four o five? Yeah, you could say. Well, Aquilani, he was he went to he Triestina the following he, season. Triestina. Yeah, yeah. Triestina. He came the season after yeah. because uh, uh, in the two thousand four two thousand five he was in Triestina, oh, right. but he came. He came the season after. Uh, That's right. You're right. Absolutely right. Because he came back. And I remember our first UEFA Cup group game, he scored against a Greek team in, uh, I think, Aris or something, at the Olympico. And he was oh, playing. Aris yes. And yeah. he was playing for the Italian under 21 team that that season. And I remember seeing him in the first game that season for the Italian under 21 team. And I was just like amazed at how much he'd progressed. And I thought, wow, he looks. He looks a fantastic player, you know. He'd really progressed in that year. He'd had a full season at Triestina in Serie B and he'd really blossomed. And when he came back, I mean, it was one of the rare occurrences where a Roma player leaves the club, goes on loan or or co-ownership as it was in those days and and returns and actually uh, not only returns, but returns and becomes, you know, an important player. And, um, of course, famously, he scored uh, the second goal in the derby the following uh, uh, season when we That's set easy. the record of uh, then record of eleven consecutive uh, wins in the division. No Serie A club had ever achieved that before, and um, yeah. and uh, so yeah, so he he was a real. Um, uh, so we did have these like irons in the fire that weren't even though we'd obviously had that horrendous season <laughs> that that enabled us with those free transfers to recover. And then Calciopoli came along and, of course, the whole picture changed 360 degrees. Oh. Yeah. But it, it was a very successful decade, if you if you, if you you look at it, because we won the Scudetto, we finished runners-up five or six times. Uh, it was just... Uh, won the Coppa Italia to, twice. Twice and the yes, Super Coppa Italia as well. Once, yeah. So it, it was just a shame because... We should have won the Scudetto at least two times, I would say, at least twice during this period because we were so close. The 2001, 2002, 3-4, 03-04. 07-08, it should have definitely. 07-08, we were really close, but Inter uh, were favoured in a lot of referee decisions and then yeah oh, 2009 <clears throat> it was yeah having said that shame. i think the reason we didn't win those uh, more was because we were always doing it against the odds they're always stronger teams and we were competing against and we like did very well to do what we did i mean you're right we did have the opportunity the opportunity was there but nevertheless i still think we achieved it was a very successful decade for the club and um uh, considering the resources available after, say, season 2001-2. So from the season from yeah. 2002, the year 2003, uh, sorry, 2002 onwards, resources were very tight, very tight. Yes, yes. Before, but, oh, sorry, yeah. sorry, man. Before, I, before we, we finish this off, I've got a couple of questions for you. Um, overall... 
do you remember? Sorry, I will give you the top goal scorers. Do you have as a guess who was the top goal scorer in 0405 with 24 Serie A goals? Was it, I think Emron mentioned it. Was it Vincenzo Montella? Montella was top Roma goal scorer with 21. Oh, he, he, and he was the third top goal scorer in Serie A that season. Uh, we we discussed this before. We it was some random dude. Who oh, was it? Was you, he's he's a cult hero at his club. Ah, well, wasn't uh, someone like Cristiano Lucarelli or something like that? James has got it bang on. Uh, Lucarelli yeah. with twenty four goals. Sorry, my voice nearly went there. Um, no, I only got that because of your clue. To be fair. <laughs> so yeah, sorry. The top five goal scorers in Serie A that season in 0405 with Cristiano Lucarelli with twenty four at Livorno, Alberto Gelladino at Parma with twenty three, Montella Vincenzo Montella with twenty one at Roma. Um, fourth top goal scorer was Luca Toni with 20 and number five is probably one of my favourite Serie A players to play for Roma in a long long time was Mirko Vucinic with 19 when he was at Lecce that wonderful Lecce team and that got him his move to Roma to Roma yeah that was Zeman's team with uh, Valery Bojanov uh, Mirko Vucinic oh it's just causing chaos and if I'm Lecce finished oh, um, Bojanov, 11th yes, you're right yeah, uh, so Shevchenko was uh, six top goal scorer with 17 goals and you had Adriano Mario Esposito Slatan Ibrahimovic with 16 so that was uh, that was 2004-2005 guys that was quite fun to talk about yes. I don't know if you guys remember the the Scudetto the, the fight for the Scudetto was also really really yes. interesting and yes. really tight I remember Milan Juventus going head to head on match day 35 and both teams had 76 points. David tries again. Uh, and yeah, Milan lost at home, San Siro to Juventus, Trezeguet. And after that, uh, there were three games left. Milan failed to win. Juventus kept on winning. And uh, Milan, yeah, was also focusing on the Champions League. So Juventus took uh, the Serie A title and uh, Milan ended up with nothing. Yeah, because Milan had what they had, PSV in the Champions League semi-final. That almost went to extra time or it did go to extra time. No, it almost went to extra time until Ambrosini scored in the last minute and then uh, PSV scored again, but they lost... uh, uh, on the away goal rule. rule, yeah, and then Liverpool beat Chelsea in the other semi-final with the ghost alleged ghost goal from Luis Garcia, yeah. and then uh, the crazy, crazy final, <laughs> the Champions League final, um, where Liverpool came back from three 0 down in Istanbul and won on penalties, and Jersey Duda became the hero, saving Andrea Pirlo and Andrei Shevchenko's penalty. And as Imran said, they. They had it all. They had the the neck and neck with the league with Juventus. Uh, Juventus were the juggernaut of Serie A that season under Fabio Capello. And then they ended up with nothing. The Juventus won Serie A, uh, Inter won Coppa Italia, and Liverpool won the Champions League. Yes. Um, guys, I think that's it. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure with both of you covering 2004-2005, the absolute crazy batshit season with AS Roma. Um, guys, you can follow us at lamagicast.com. You can find all our previous podcasts on that on the website. You can find all our previous podcasts. Sorry, you can find all of our podcasts. Sorry, my voice is pretty much going in a minute um you can find all uh, the the podcasts on all podcast platforms of like apple Podcasts, soundcloud tune in Podbean, spotify etc etc i think we should do this again guys another season from the past maybe we could do 0506 the linking it in together trip down memory or we could lane. Do an, yeah another another walk down memory lane maybe some, i think but, 90s roma would be fun oh yeah. i'd have to do my research a lot <laughs> i think james can tell us all yes, yes, yeah. yes 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 yeah 90s 90s or early yeah 90s roma could be interesting or as like Just for me recap of the 90s yeah, yeah. because, because, because yeah. that was of course a dark decade after the 80s it yeah. was yeah it was a really dark decade with a lot of uh, 
dodgy businesses, mm. transfers, yes. um, South yeah, American and, and coaches. So much disappointment on the on the pitch, and uh, yeah, was yeah. it? Because it was what Zeman. Excuse me, Zeman uh, was a part of it a couple of times, wasn't he? He was. He was yeah, he, he was, by then things were starting to build up, improve, recover, leading up to the 2001 Scudetto. But, yeah. but the first sort yeah. of two-thirds of the 90s was um, uh, really um, un- unrecognisable, really, from today. That could be a podcast for, for, a, for a different time yes, or maybe yeah. something a lot sooner. We could, uh, we could do, do the something... whole decade or in a... Yeah, Roma in the 90s. Yeah. Maybe Roma in the 2000s. We could even think about that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, guys, absolute pleasure talking about probably one of the craziest seasons in Roma's history in probably the last 15 to 20 years. Just an absolute catastrophe from start to finish without a ball being kicked. And then... Uh, uh, a magician or a, of a footballer scoring a, the winner to keep Roma and Sarri out in the, in the crazy uh, tight table that it was. But James Imran, thank you very much for joining me on this Monday evening. It's been an absolute pleasure. And um, we hope you guys enjoyed the, the trip down memory lane. We will probably talk a lot more closer to home about current day Roma in the next week or so where Roma plays Sampdoria in Serie A and got the games against Bodo Glimt and Salernitana uh, coming up but yeah thank you very much for joining me enjoy the rest of your week the international break and uh, Forza Roma and ciao ciao ciao